Now, Rick Spielman, former Vikings GM, now does a great job covering the league. CBS Sports HQ, 33rd team all over the, the media map in Indy as we speak. We'll get his thoughts on the trade we just discussed for the last hour. Josh Allen for the number one overall pick. He made some bold statements about Caleb Williams. We'll have him explain as well. And we'll also ask him about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their quarterback decisions. Because they are deciding to roll with Kenny Pickett, for the most part, instead of getting an upgrade. I think that's a mistake. First and foremost, here's why. I think in today's NFL, when it comes to quarterback specifically, we know if a guy is it's right, the guy, we know now more than, you know, uh, I should say, we know now faster than ever before. Like, it does not take a, a long amount of time to see if this guy has it or doesn't. Are you a franchise quarterback or not? They usually show it within the first two years. Like, think of any top quarterback in the league. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Dak, wh- whoever. Whatever your top 10 quarterbacks are, think about them. And think back to when they broke into the league. How long? Did it take them to show that they are it? Some for, you know, it was right there in the rookie year. Others, year number two. But for the most part, by going into year three, you knew already, oh, this is a guy. We got ourselves a guy, our guy, going forward. You never go into year three saying, hmm, do we have the guy? Do we not the guy? Uh, have the guy any good to great to elite quarterback in the NFL has shown you they are the guy latest by year two. Which is why the Steelers being patient with Kenny Pickett to me makes no sense. Kenny Pickett is going into year number three. You've seen two years from him. Did anything jump out? Have you seen anything special from Kenny Pickett in these first two years that has you thinking he can be the guy? I mean, hell, This was a guy that down the stretch of the season was benched for Mason Rudolph in the playoffs. They preferred Rudolph over Pickett in the biggest games of the season. And now you're trying to tell me that you're going to go into year number three with upgrades available to you? You're going to willingly say, ah, we're good on getting a better quarterback. We're going to go see what Kenny can show us. He hasn't shown you anything in two years. You benched him last year. That shows you all you need to know. He's not a good quarterback. He is not a franchise guy. Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting a year to get an answer we already know? Kenny ain't it. Simple. This last season... The last month of the year should have told you that. With how they um, with how they felt better with Mason Rudolph going down the stretch than they did Kenny Pickett. That should tell you all you need to know if you are the Steelers. And that's why I think they're making a big mistake here in running it back with Kenny Pickett instead of getting what I think would be an obvious upgrade. Like, seriously, like, name right now. Go back and look at any of these quarterbacks that are top 10 in the league. 
Tell me one time, whether it's Mahomes, Lamar, Allen, Burrow, name me one time where we went into year three of one of their careers not knowing if they're it, having big-time questions. Are they the guy? Are they not the guy? Oh, I don't know. Can they win us a playoff game? Oh, I don't know, Jim. It's never happened because they've already shown you going to year three, they are it. Mahomes, first year as a starter, MVP. Lamar, first year as a starter, MVP. Burrow, year two, Super Bowl. <laughs> what, are we, what are we wasting our time for? Aaron Rodgers, after sitting for three years, Rough first year, year two as a starter, plays really well, leaves no doubt. Like, if you are looking to get a franchise quarterback, every franchise quarterback in the league after year two has has showed you why they are the guy. Why the Steelers think, though, that this is different, that history is wrong, that Kenny Pickett so far through the first two years of his career not showing anything doesn't mean that he's not a special quarterback. It's like delusional. I, I don't I don't understand it. Especially again, when you look at um the options. It's one thing if, well, we got Kenny Pickett, we have no real other avenues to go down, right? We got eh, we're too far in the draft, no one we love, and there's really no one out there in free agency. You have three easy and obvious upgrades for the Steelers to make, and they're instead gonna go with Kenny Pickett. You could easily trade for Justin Fields. Second-round pick, and Fields is yours. Fields is better than Pickett. You could go the free agent route and sign Kirk Cousins. Make a pitch to him. I think you could definitely sell him. On coming to Pittsburgh, he is better than Pickett. And Russell Wilson is about to get cut by the Broncos. Russell Wilson, in getting cut, is about to get $39 million guaranteed. So you can sign Russell Wilson and sign him at a cheap rate and still be able to build your team around Russ. All three of those guys are better options than right now the current one you have. Why the Steelers are not exercising those options is beyond me. Beyond me. Why you have Omar Khan talk at the combine like they believe in Pickett Honestly, it's embarrassing. Take a listen. Steelers GM met with the media yesterday, and here he is with a straight face. I watched the video. He was not laughing. He was not sarcastic. With a straight face, said, we fully believe in Kenny Pickett. Full faith. Full faith in Kenny Pickett, despite the fact that so far through two years, he has managed to throw the same number of touchdowns as interceptions. I mean, even look at where he was drafted. 20th overall. Back in 2020, uh, what would that be? 2022. 2022. There's a reason why the Steelers were able to sit at where they were late in the first round and take the first quarterback off the board because nobody believed in him. No one thought he was any good. No one thought he could be the guy. So he fell and fell and fell and fell into the Steelers' lap at 20. You should think if you're the Steelers, well, why did no one else take him before us? In a league that is quarterback-centric, why did the first quarterback in 2022 not go until pick 20? Maybe because the league's telling you, we don't think he's very good. 
And so far through two years, the stats and the plays show you that. I, I don't I, I don't get why the Steelers right now are are fighting against history. History has shown you if you have a franchise guy, they show up by year two. We are going to year three of Kenny. Nothing special. No playoff appearances. This under him, right? Getting benched for Mason Rudolph. Same number of touchdowns as interceptions. But the Steelers are still not sold. They, they, they don't know what they have, so they, they want to see if he can be the guy to lead them to the playoffs. What are we talking about? You heard Omar Khan in that clip right there. At the very end, say competition, right? We're going to get some competition here, and we're looking forward to this offseason. Well, Omar Khan then expounded on well what that competition could look like. Take a listen to the Steelers GM and talking about who they could bring on to compete for the starting job with Kenny Pickett. That's right. You heard it right there. Mason. Me uh, being Mason Rudolph. That's the guy that the Steelers are going to have Kenny Pickett compete with. The former backup quarterback that helped lead you to the playoffs this past season. No doing of Mason Rudolph's. All of the defense. All the doing of by the defense, I should say. That's the competition. Not Russ. Not Kirk. Not Justin Fields. We're going to bring back and we're going to have Kenny Pickett be pushed by big, bad Mason Rudolph. That's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic, and that is malpractice. Again, if you're the Steelers, it's one thing, again, like if you're the Cowboys, right, where you look at Dak Prescott. Is Dak Prescott the quarterback that's going to win you a Super Bowl? No. Absolutely not. But the tricky part for the Cowboys is, well, where are you going to go? Right? There, there, there are quarterbacks that are better than Dak. Not many. And all the ones that are better than him are not available. Are you trading for Joe Burrow? You're trading for Patrick Mahomes? Trading for Lamar? Like the Cowboys can't get any upgrade, and they certainly can get a downgrade if they move off of Dak. So they are stuck where they have a quarterback that's pretty good, especially in the regular season, not good in the playoffs, but no real option that is better right now than Dak Prescott. So it makes sense as to why Dallas doesn't move off of Dak because there's nowhere to go. If you're the Steelers, it's not like you have no options. You got three staring you in the face that are easy to acquire. What what am I missing here? I don't think I'm crazy. I don't think I'm the one that's taking stupid bills today. You look at this Steelers quarterback room. It makes no sense why they are going to run it back in 2024 and waste an opportunity to get Russ, Kirk, or Fields, all three better than right now what you have, and all three give you an opportunity to actually compete for a playoff spot next year, not rely on the defense and hope that you fall your way in. That's what the Steelers have been doing the last few years. That pattern has to stop. I don't know why it's still continuing. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Gary is calling from South Carolina. What's your thoughts on the Steelers? What's up, Gary? Uh, uh, you hit the nail right on the head, man. I, 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 I kind of see what happened with Pickett. You know, Matt Canada was terrible. Uh, I think we lost. Should have been fired before the Cleveland game, to be honest. 
but you know we we tend to bend but don't break with everything, and it's kind of it's kind of annoying. But um, only reason I don't feel I don't agree with Fields is because we got a trade for him, and I think we're still rebuilding the old line. We just let go of Mason Cole, and we're a little cap strapped because we still we're still paying we're paying TJ, we're paying High Smith. Uh, we still got Cam on the books for a lot of money. I don't don't really know if he's going to restructure or not. Uh, we need to pick up Najee's fifth. We need to pick up Najee's fifth year. Uh, that, honestly, I, I think we could fill in a couple of holes on offense. But if they were going to ride with Mason Rudolph, I wouldn't have picked Kenny. We could have. This would have been the year to pick a quarterback. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong by that, Gary. And them making the playoffs, I got. I think they're picking like 20th. I got to see exactly where they are. But they're obviously later in the first round. And so you think the top guys are – I mean, the top guys are going to be off the board. The Steelers are not jumping from, let's say, 20 to 3 um, to get, you know, uh, a Jaden Daniels, let's say. So drafting a quarterback for the most part, especially in the first round, is off the table. But like, if you're the Steelers, like, yeah, you do – I hear what you're saying about fields. But also, I mean, a second-round pick – Sure, it is substantial, but you still have your first-round pick, and you still are trading for a guy, at least, that in 2024 is going to be cheap. Where I think Justin Fields' salary next year, I think it's like $3.5 million, somewhere in that range. So you, he's still on the fourth year of a five-year rookie deal. Obviously, it escalates in 2025 once that fifth-year option um, kicks in if you're the Steelers. But that's where like Fields, I think, has a ceiling to where if you pay a second-round pick and he's your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years – that's a small price to pay for getting the guy. Like, that's a thing. Like, if you hit the Bills traded up for Josh Allen, the, right? The Chiefs obviously traded up for um, Patrick Mahomes. Those teams are, are not sweating or worrying about what they gave up in order to get the quarterback. I don't think a second-round pick should prevent you if you feel, if you're the Steelers, that Justin Fields is your answer and you could fix him and get some consistency out of him. I don't think that should hold you or give you pause as to making that deal. You could recover from a second-round pick and still build your offense on a cheap rookie contract and also, you know, get some, you know, nail some picks later in the draft as well. 855-212-4227. We, um, it is Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we return, we'll get former GM Rick Spielman's thoughts on the Steelers' quarterback situation, if he would give up three first-round picks for Josh Allen. And also, too, he has made some bold and strong declarations when it comes to Caleb Williams and how good he thinks he will be. We'll have him explain it right here on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey in for JR. Rick Spielman, former NFL GM, next. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. Appreciate you joining us on this Friday. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by... Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. That is wesleyfinancialgroup.com. All right. Combine is really now in full swing. Quarterbacks talk today. Some quarterbacks are working out as well. So let's go live to Indy and welcome on to the show Former uh, Vikings GM now does a great job covering the league for the 33rd team for CBS Sports. You hear him on the first with the first pick podcast all over the media landscape. That is Rick Spielman. Rick, appreciate the time. How are you? 
Good. A little exhausting since we started at 8 o'clock this morning, but uh, was excited to uh, get on the show. I could imagine. Yeah, it's a very long day, and it started off not only early, Rick, but kind of started off with a bang where Caleb Williams comes in, says, hey, I'm not doing medicals. I'll talk to the media, but I'm basically doing nothing else outside of the meetings. From a GM perspective, I'm curious, how big of a deal would you make that if you are the Bears or someone else in position to draft Caleb Williams? He's, I think, the first person we've ever really seen go to Indy and not do the medicals. Is that any sort of red flag for you? Is that a big deal? Like, from a GM's perspective, how do you view that? Yeah, no, it's a big deal to me. I don't know how other GMs feel because the reason they put this combine together way back when was to get everybody here so all the teams can get the medicals done instead of having these kids fly all over the country or teams trying to fly these kids in try to get the medicals. So, but I do understand from what he said is that he will go do physicals for the teams that he thinks he's going to be drafted by, which is probably going to be the top three teams. Where the issue comes is what happens three or four years down the road. Uh, and some team trades for him, uh, potentially, or he becomes an unrestricted free agent, then you don't have the history of his medicals from here. So that is a concern. Hopefully this is a one-off. I hope this isn't a trend going forward because it's defeating the purpose of why we're all here at the Combine. We're talking to former Vikings GM Rick Spielman. I look at that decision, Rick, like just from the medical, like the actual not taking the medicals part aside for a second – I give him a lot of credit because he was willing to put his neck on the line, if you will. Like, he's not going to dra- drop because of this, but he is doing something that is going to upset NFL teams. And I, what I really respect is the fact that he made this decision early on where he was meeting with the media after that decision was made, and he was facing questions about that. I personally feel like that gives you or shows you kind of a little bit of the mental makeup that he has where he's not afraid to face criticism and will do kind of what he wants in a way where he's not going to allow outside factors influence his decision-making from that perspective at all. Can you take anything away from, from that? No, I think you're absolutely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Because yeah, because we had him on stage. In fact, me and him shared a ginger beer together uh, as part of uh, his uh, interview with us today. Mm -hmm. And I do respect the fact that he got up there and that he faced the media. The question is, and it will become in GM's minds and front offices, is, okay, he's going to do this. Is he an individual or is he a team guy? So what if he doesn't want to do the physical when he comes in and reports for training camp because you have to get a preseason physical done? What if you want to do a one-off where other players have to do it? And I know there's a CBA, and I know it's going to be required of him, but if he doesn't do it, then you're going to have to find him. So – to me, it was more like, okay, why are you being an individual? And when we have our team roles or we have to do this or that, is this going to be a trend while I'm Caleb Williams? I'm not going to do it because that's who I am. Interesting. All right, we're talking to Rick Spielman, a former, again, Vikings GM. Now does a great job. Do you CBS agree Sport. or not agree with that point? I, I hear you, I guess, for from that perspective. Like, I didn't think of it, I guess, that far down the line. Like, I don't – so I guess this is how I look at Caleb Williams. In the short, you know, three-year, we'll call lifespan that we've seen him in college, he does not, to me, seem like an individual guy where I feel like he does what is best for the team, and he's more focused on winning, so he'll do what it takes to win. I don't view him as like a prima donna or like a diva where he could be a problem going forward, uh, if that makes sense, like more individual, like 
I know this is an extreme example, uh, or extreme example, I should say, Rick, but like a Johnny Menzel, right? That is totally about him and obviously let the fame get to his head. Like, I don't think I'm, at least I don't get that perception from Caleb Williams. Well, the one thing I could say is that when we had him on stage, he was humble. He was team oriented. Everything that you're saying, I agree 100% with. But when you pull a stunt like this, I'm not saying that that's what he's going to be mm-hmm. when he becomes a pro, but I'm just saying that will be raised in draft meetings. And that's not going to drop him. I still think he's going to be the number one overall pick. But there will be something there that says, well, why would he do this? It's, it's, and that, but that's also honestly goes back to why I was like, you know what? He, like, he made this decision to know, like, there's no benefit from it. I guess, I guess, I mean, I don't know how the medicals work. I'm sure they're poking prod in it. I don't think it's a, I would assume, Rick, it's not an enjoyable experience. People looking at you like that, but otherwise, like, he has nothing to gain from it, right? And he's only going to piss people off. So that's why I found it very interesting that that move was made. But when you look at on the field, right? Like, he's checks, I feel like a lot of boxes. You saw him at USC. Arm strength, accuracy, playmaking. I know I've listened to you on um, with the first pick podcast early on in the season, raving about Caleb Williams, even talking about him like, you know, for you, he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck, and it's kind of like a coin flip. Has that changed at all in your opinion? And if if not, I should say, why do you feel so strong about Caleb Williams, a player, to put him basically as the best prospect in your mind since Andrew Luck? Because everything that I've seen on tape and – I think he's a unique playmaker. I think he can extend the play. Some of the plays that he makes with his arm, not a lot of quarterbacks can make. I think he has to speed up his process a little bit, which all these college quarterbacks do. I think he can make plays with his legs. There are plays on tape that you say, wow, I can't believe I just saw him make that play. The thing that I really loved about him was, and we talked to him about, uh, this on our interview today is that Notre Dame game. He threw mm-hmm. three interceptions in the first half. Horrible first half performance, maybe the worst of his career. But yet he came out in the second half and played very well. So that told me the adversity, or if he does not play up to his standards, it doesn't stick with him. He was able to, whatever you want to do, put that to the side and then came out in the second half, even though they lost had a very good performance. So the mental toughness part, and he even talked about it with uh, Coach Riley, is that they had to have conversations because it almost cared too much about when they were losing because he wants to win so bad. And I think, too, that's part of the reason why you see, like, you know, that video of him after the Washington game crying in his mom's arms. We know a lot of people kind of use that as a negative. But I kind of look at it like you just said from a positive, if you will, if he wants to win so badly – that when he doesn't win, it's the worst day of his life. I think you see that from a lot of, you know, great competitors. And while maybe they express it a little bit differently, I feel like that will to win, like you just said there, um, is there with Caleb. We talked a lot about him to start the show, Rick. Um, and I'm very high in him. I think he's going to, you know, truly live up to the hype here. I know we had a lot of callers that still were skeptical in part because we do kind of hear this every year. Maybe not to the level of Caleb Williams, but right, the first quarterback taken, it's always oh, they'll be the next Mahomes or the the next whoever. Like, the comps are always there and high, and most times we know more than not they don't pan out. How strong do you feel like Caleb Williams will live up to the hype that he's getting? I I think with everything that he's had to deal with, with the magnifying glass on him, every move that he makes, (laughs) the maturity that he handles all that with is incredible. 
And no matter the scrutiny on the outside, he seems to be able to hone in and focus. And when he's between those white lines, all he's worried about is football, nothing else, and all he cares about is winning. When you have that mentality, I think you're going to have the best chance for success, and I think he will be a very successful quarterback in this league. We are talking to former Vikings GM Rick Spielman here. Rick, obviously the quarterback class is deeper than just Caleb Williams himself. I personally, two quarterbacks, I like Bo Nix out of Oregon and Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. Both are not getting a lot of, we'll say, first-round love. Outside of Caleb Williams, who's a quarterback you think, like, oh, this guy is going to really play, you know, really good for a long time for a certain team here? I think it's J.J. McCarthy from uh, Michigan. And the reason I say that, he doesn't have the gaudy stats. He doesn't throw the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game, but he wins games. And everybody's saying, can he make NFL throws? Well, if you go back and watch the TCU game two years ago in the semifinals where they did lose to TCU mm-hmm. to get to the national championship game, you saw him make every NFL throw, and you saw him get in a shootout situation and I thought he played very well when he had to put the team on his back. Now, he made a couple of poor decisions on throws, but again, he rebounded and, and kept them in the game. And then I talked to him today about the Bowling Green game, and he played poorly in the Bowling Green game. It was like three interceptions, which my quote I've been using, that was because Bowling Green is the Falcons. Unfalcon believable that you made those type of decisions. <laughs> I so, like that. Yeah, That's original? That's good. Yeah, I, I yeah, like that. I came up with that one. So, <laughs> but uh, he was, I think, a guy that hasn't had the opportunities throwing in games, but I don't think he's came anywhere near his ceiling that he's going to show when he gets to the NFL. One thing we just were talking about, Rick, before he came on here is actually the Steelers' decision with to basically ride with Kenny Pickett here, and they want to see what he is in year number three and give him one more year. And the discussion we were having is just like, I feel like in today's NFL – more than ever, like you look at some of the best quarterbacks, uh, whoever it may be, like they show you after year two that they have it. And I feel like with Kenny Pickett, we've not seen anything so far through two years that show you that. Do, is there any hope if you were this, like if you when you look at Kenny Pickett, is there any belief that he could now in year three put it together and actually kind of pay off the Steelers' patience? Yeah, I you know I, I trust Mike Tomlin and and what he sees. They see him in the building every day. And I always thought you knew a quarterback by the end of the third year. And just uh, take, for example, even Patrick Mahomes. That his first year was good, uh, but he's not the Patrick Mahomes. And by the third year on, he became Patrick Mahomes. Look at Jordan Love this year. Sat for a long time behind uh, Aaron Rodgers and finally got his opportunity. I think this was his fourth year this year and struggled at the beginning. But look how he finished the season. So, I would hold judgment on Kenny Pickett, I think, until after this year. If he continues to struggle after this season, then I think they got to start looking for another quarterback. But quarterback, that's a difficult decision, and you have to go through learning experiences in order to grow from them. But if he continues to make the same mistakes or make the same poor decisions, then you're going to have some concerns. Maybe it's different with Arthur Smith now. Arthur Smith now is the offensive coordinator. Uh, and he may fit better in this scheme than he did in the previous scheme under Matt Canada. Rick Spielman's our guest, 10-year Vikings GM. Rick, let's get crazy here for the last one. It's Friday night. You, you've been going all week. You've been going all day here. Let's just get a little nuts. So one thought I had, that, well, I, I'm very curious your thoughts on this. 
One thought I Can had this I week. Can I argue with you one more time, or yes. is that going to get too crazy? For oh you? no, no, no! Please, I, you, if you feel like this is the dumbest thing you ever heard, well away. A lot of people have said that this week to this thought. So I'm curious your perspective here. You look at the Buffalo Bills, right? They are obviously Josh Allen, and they struggle to put, I think, a good team around him. And this team right now, especially in the cap space they have, worst in the league. $40 million over the cap. They don't have really a lot of avenues to get better in 2024, um, at least for this upcoming season. So you look at the Bills right now, really inability to get better. If you were Brandon Bean, would you accept a trade from the Bears? First overall pick, ninth overall pick, and let's just say a 2025 first-round pick from the Bears. Three first-round picks, including the number one pick in this year's draft, which is Caleb Williams, for Josh Allen. If you were Brandon Bean from the Bills' perspective, are you hanging up the phone and you're saying that's intriguing? No, I think you're trying to create some conversations on the radio. Uh, I'm going to say I totally disagree with that because I think Buffalo is in this Super Bowl window the way Brandon Bean has built that team. Yes, they have cap concerns. They're definitely going to have to do some things to manipulate the cap. Right. I know they try to push all their chips into the middle, but Josh Allen, to me, he's just right now scratching the surface of the type of quarterback that he's going to be. And are you so sure that Caleb Williams is going to be better than Josh Allen? We're all kind of projecting that, Mm -hmm. but we already know what Josh Allen is. And Josh Allen is a quarterback that I think Brandon believes, and a lot of people believe, they can take Buffalo Bills to the Super Bowl. And the way he played, especially the back half of the year, everybody had Buffalo left for dead halfway through the season. But all of a sudden, they end up winning the AFC East. They make an offensive coordinator change. Uh, Josh Allen continues to get better. He's getting smarter with his decisions, especially in the red zone. He can still make plays with his legs, but he's being smarter not taking the hits that he took earlier in his career and even earlier in the season. So I think when you have a quarterback like that, and I do believe they just backed up the Brinks truck to pay him, so why would you get rid of a guy that's just right now a guy that gives you the best chance to win a Super Bowl, that's a proven commodity that you just paid? And if you even thought about that, I can't imagine the dead cap money that would accelerate into your salary cap and you're already in the hole. You're killing me, Rick. I was hoping to, to be like former NFL GM agrees with me. I mean, it was. I'll say this. At least it was the nicest no I've gotten. A lot of Bills fans, <laughs> let's say, were not as kind as you were in explaining why you would say no to that trade. Um, so I appreciate at least your kindness in gently letting that idea go down instead of just dropping it, kicking it, stomping on it, and saying some uh, not nice words as well afterwards. <laughs> uh, no, that's my job is to do it gently, but do it, <laughs> but tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Rick Spielman, check him out. CBS Sports with the First Pick Podcast, 33rd team all over the media landscape, live from Indy. Rick, thank you so much for the time and the perspective. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. Appreciate you making us a part of what? Your Friday right here on CBS Sports Radio. We just had Rick Spielman on. Really do appreciate Rick's perspective um, and his knowledge. I do want to hit on a few things here um, that he mentioned last segment, one of which being J.J. McCarthy. Rick thinks outside of Caleb Williams, um, J.J. McCarthy is like the guy that he is the highest on in the draft, higher on him than Jaden Daniels or um, Drake Meng. J.J. McCarthy is his guy. 
I don't understand the J.J. McCarthy hype, to be honest with you. I look at what I saw with Michigan in the last two years, especially this is a guy where, number one, it did not feel like Michigan truly trusted him. You could say, because I've gotten this tweet from Michigan fans a few times, Ryan, he was injured late in the year. He was injured. He was injured. Here's what I know. You had opportunities all throughout the season to put the ball in his hands and have him make plays. If he was as good of a quarterback as people are trying to make him out to be, you're not going to just exclusively lean on your run game and have that be your primary mode of operation on offense. You are going to use that run game as an advantage to have a balanced run-pass attack. And it never felt like Michigan did that. It was like 75% run. And especially as the games got bigger, they took the ball out of his hands. That to me, like, especially with Jim Harbaugh, who is an offensive guy, who's a QB guy, if he's sitting there telling you run the ball, that to me tells you all I need to know about his quarterback. And the fact that I see like J.J. McCarthy when it comes to like interviews, how he's going to, you know, push, uh, sell himself, I should say, uh, that he's going to sell himself on wins. Look, I get it. You want a national title. We're not taking anything away from that. Won a lot of games at Michigan. But I would argue the defense and the run game won a lot of games at Michigan, not him. That's like Mason Rudolph if he was, you know, at these free agent meetings telling, like, you know, talking about the Steelers making the playoffs. You made the playoffs, yes, but you made the playoffs because your defense. You're not the reason why you made the team, uh, made the playoffs. You could be a part of something but not be the reason for it. That's what I feel like when I see J.J. McCarthy. That's exactly what I see. He won a national title. He was a part of a championship team, a team that beat Ohio State three years in a row and won the Big Ten three years in a row. Was he the reason for it or part of it? To me, he was a part of it. The reason for it, defense, run game. And I would not take J.J. McCarthy in the first round, let alone uh, in the top 10. But there's been a lot of discussion about J.J. McCarthy and his draft stock being high and getting higher. Good luck to whoever drafts him. I think you'll be drafting another quarterback in three years from now. The other thing I thought was interesting was the Kenny Pickett discussion. Rick agrees that the Steelers should give Kenny Pickett one more year. I, I just don't see it at this point. I don't see what you have, what there is in terms of hope even. Like, like what has Kenny shown you in two years that even gives you belief that he can be good enough to stay healthy and lead you to the playoffs this year. And then, again, it's not just getting to the playoffs, right? You look at the AFC. Can you then beat the Chiefs? Can you beat the Bengals? Can you beat the Texans right now who are up and coming, the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh once they get rolling? Like, the AFC is only getting more difficult. And so now it's not just can you get a quarterback or that can you have a quarterback that's good enough to get you to the playoffs? Can you win playoff games? I don't think Kenny is good enough to get you to the playoffs, let alone win you playoff games. Especially now with options sitting in front of you, whether it's trading for Justin Fields, signing Kirk Cousins, or signing Russell Wilson. I think to me, all three are obvious and clear upgrades over Kenny Pickett. I would do it. If I was Omar Khan, their GM, if I was Mike Tomlin, I'm making any one of those three moves before I'm running Kenny Pickett back in 2024. But I guess that's why they don't pay me the big bucks. And as Rick shot down my Josh Allen for the number one pick trade request, I guess that is also why I'm not an NFL GM as well. Speaking of Josh Allen and the potential, or not potential, I shouldn't say that. That's, that's fake news. 
my idea that has no reporting behind it whatsoever, just my idea I thought of. Bears trading three first-round picks for Josh Allen. Gregory, call from Michigan, has some thoughts on that. What up, G-Money? Hey, our sizzle, Mr. Positive. How dare you? How um, dare me? Yeah, um, and uh, real quick, J.J. McCarthy's going to go where Jim Harbaugh is. Char- uh, just trust me on that. Um, Wait, what? Going to Miami. Trust me, he's Wait. going to Miami. Craig, Jim uh, Harbaugh's in, Jim Harbaugh's in uh, L.A., so the Chargers. Yeah, L.A. Who, uh, yeah, wherever uh, Harbaugh is, I forgot. I thought it was, uh, you, yes. They have Justin Herbert. corrected our civil. But uh, Wait, Josh you Allen. Know they, you know they have Justin Herbert, right? The Chargers? Yeah. Uh, I, I, JJ's going to do backup until. Uh, wow. Yeah. I just the, First round. I think the Chargers pick five. Do you think they take him in the first round? Yes. Wow. Um, pick five for J.J. McCarthy, uh, backup QB. Yeah, I just uh, I just say a uh, backup because they got good rapport uh, in Michigan. That's um, that's uh, he uh, 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 Harbaugh just loves JJ. Um, but Josh Allen, he's got to stay at Buffalo. Um, how good is this Caleb Williams? How good. tall is he? What is what is uh, what is his height and what is he weigh? Is he he actually precision? told us today, Gregory. He said his body frame is similar to Aaron Rodgers. So was that six two two twenty? I should say. Okay. Can he run like Josh? He's very mobile. But you know what he, he you know like what he Josh? does better than Josh Allen, Caleb Williams. What? That is Our better at protecting what? himself. Oh, I can't believe it. Um, you would uh, you let <laughs> Josh go and take Caleb? Can I can I convince you at all or no? Probably not, my friend. I love my Josh Elvis Allen. I just. Uh, He's the reason I'm going to be watching Wait, Josh, football. Josh, I thought you called Peyton Manning, Peyton Elvis Manning. They, Don't you they have... both are. They're both huge Elvis fans. Yes, sir. Um, but, oh, yeah, um, I just uh, – oh, I like your memory. I love it. Our sizzle, you're doing a great job. Thanks for taking my call. And everybody, go for your dreams. Thank you, Greg from Michigan. Always bringing the positivity to the show. Um, I love you, Greg. So we, we won't – well, let's just say this. Very, very nicely, very succinctly. Jim Harbaugh's not drafting J.J. McCarthy at number five. That we can just put that one to bed. Put it to bed, move on. Um, all right. If you missed any part of the show so far, two easy ways to catch up. Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. YouTube, Ryan Hickey is the channel. A lot of video content posted there. It is Ryan Hickey, in case you're unaware. Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we do return here on the show, Combine really, if you want to talk about prospects, right, really took off today. Quarterbacks spoke some barely worked out in front of uh, in front of scouts as well. Caleb Williams did something today that I thought cemented the fact that he will be ready for it. Bust proof. I'll tell you why Caleb Williams will hit. When we do return. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR right here. Where else? CBS Sports Radio.